Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sheets with your hosts, Chad and Jeanette. Chad, how was your week? Anything amazing been happening lately? Everything's amazing. My week was uh, fantastic. You know, I've been working with a couple of brand new clients and you know, the thing that that, that makes my week wonderful is when they have those light bulb moments. Oh, they, yes. Yeah. When they, when you, when you lay it out for them and you explain something and then you can just see the, the hamster jumps on the wheel and start spinning and, yeah. you know, they really, they really get in gear. And uh, that's, you know, I love those moments. So this week has been amazing. How about you? Uh, you know what? It's, I can't even siphon it down to a week. It's just been an incredibly exhilarating month. Um, I have done a lot of improvements for my business from, you know, website additions, reorganizing massage book, online booking and designing new programs. It's just, it's been a lot, but it's really cool because when you get that, just like you said, this kind of goes hand in hand when you get that fire underneath you and you see that you're, you know, constantly creating more, it makes you feel like a great business owner and that you're actually achieving and you have a purpose in life <laughs> as your career. So it's been, it's been great. It's been a lot of work, but I like a lot of work when I know it's going to bring me more happiness. You know what I mean? One of the things you're doing is you're reassessing your business, looking at what's working, what's not working, making that appropriate shift and then trying something new. And I think that's what all business owners need to do is definitely take a look and see what is working really well. And let's do more of that. And what is, you know, maybe working not quite as well as you'd like it to and not forget to make a change there. Right. Right. Exactly. So, okay. So this is a, I mean, I'm going to call it a special episode because we're doing something we don't normally do. Uh, we are doing some major Q and a from, uh, our students from the community, from, uh, you know, Facebook pages and different forums. So I'm really excited about this. I am. Ex I am excited because I feel like these are just little snippets of conversations that don't really require a whole, uh, separate podcast. That's 30 minutes to an hour. Um, they're just, they can just be generally answered. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we asked permission to quote this Regan Lamore from a Facebook group asked, has anyone worked on a client that is blind and what should I expect? I, I love this question. I think this is one of those questions that um, we don't always think about just because it doesn't happen. Um, doesn't happen all the time. It's not something that happens frequently, but we still have to have a plan in place, a policy in place, a procedure and, and a protocol. Right. Um, you know, it, you can even take it back to a pandemic, right? I, nobody expected it, but a lot of the businesses that thrived are ones that had a really good uh, plan in place. And other ones that did well were ones that, you know, were able to adapt on the fly. So, right. yeah, this is a great question. So what, tell me your take on this. My take, well, I didn't really have anything to comment in this post because the comments that were coming out were great. And I will admit that I have never personally worked on a visually vision impaired or legally blind client. So I learned a lot from this post as well. My takeaway from it, which makes sense, and I fully support all the suggestions, was one, you're going to want to do a verbal intake over the phone. 
not all vision impaired individuals have the access to the proper computer equipment that will read stuff back to them. And they may not have somebody available to read them their emails. It just depends on what stage in their diagnoses there are. So doing a verbal intake on the phone, one helps them to get to know you because one of their, one of their senses that's going to be heightened is hearing. So that's a way for them to get to get a feel for you. So a verbal intake over the phone, and you're going to want to ask, will you be showing up with a service dog? Will you be showing up with a volunteer helper or someone that personally works with them? And you shouldn't feel embarrassed to ask these questions because some people do, some people don't. And you want to, again, we want to have a plan in place for if we have a service dog coming into our facility. If they're coming in, one of the, one of the comments was great. I loved it. If they're coming in with no one, this person specifically instructed the therapist that asked the question, how to guide them from the waiting room to the session room, what to do in the session room so that they could get the layout uh, as far as where everything's located and everybody on that on that thread just was super supportive and mentioned several times over, do not feel embarrassed that you don't know what to do. Even if you don't know what to do when the client shows up at your office, ask them what they need you to do and they will be able to, to tell you. Generally, what I what I gathered from it was, they are used to answering these questions and actually prefer that you ask instead of assume that you're doing what is going to be beneficial for them. Yeah, I, I, I agree hundred percent. And I think what you said it, but I think what it really boils down to is our goal is to deliver an exceptional experience, no matter who walks through our door or who contacts us for service. So yes, error on the side of asking, um, you know, what can I do to make this experience exceptional for you? What can I do for you? Come from contribution, right? And if you're coming from a place of, I want to make this uh, not only a great experience, but I don't want to alienate, right? You don't want to assume and do something that may be offensive or unneeded, right? And and put them right. in a position of, you know, not it not being an exceptional experience. So uh, yeah, I, th I think those are all really good points to it and you know we definitely um we asked uh the poster if they would follow up with how their experience was and let us know uh you know what their what they went through and how it went and if there was any you know anything else that they have feedback for uh for the community because this is not something that comes up super frequently so we definitely want to make sure that uh we threw it up on our podcast because you know we want you to hear uh what it would be like yeah so thank you very much to regan for allowing us to mention her and throw this up there because I feel like this is really going to help some therapists out. Maybe not soon, maybe five years down the road, they'll remember. So great. Thank you so much, Reagan. All right. Next question. And we know this is such a hot topic and it's discussed everywhere. And you see a million Facebook posts about it returning after COVID. Uh, this applies to if you've already been in business for a couple months, uh, you know, since reopening, or if you're just now getting back into either business or picking up more clientele, increasing your hours. How are the clients, meaning are they coming? Are they not? 
Are they fearful? Are they not? What to expect, how to prepare, and just a general, you know, question of how to make them feel more at ease so that they can fully relax. Yeah. So the first thing I want to say, which is not answering any of those items you just said, but um, you need to absolutely follow what your state guidelines are, what your local ordinances are, and set your expectations, right? You you may personally feel um, more lenient on it, right? But at the end of, end of the day, we need to get through this. And if you if the state or, or your local area is saying masks must be worn, you need to make sure that policy is communicated to your potential clients, right? You need to set right. that expectation uh, with them and then adhere to it, right? Make sure that they are following it. The last thing you want is for to be lax, for somebody to come in, they're lax as well. And either A, something happens and it's traced back to you know, your business as being the reason, but also what if you start getting, uh, you know, negative press because of it? We don't know how these people communicate to their friends, their family, you know, it could be, right, somebody, exactly. it could be somebody that has, you know, stature in the community and you may have, you know, just shot yourself in the foot. So I, I just wanted to start off by saying, make sure you are following for sure, whatever your guidelines are, uh, you know, regardless of how you personally feel, because you are a business owner, this is a representation of your business and your reputation is what's going to carry you through. Right. And, you know, we, like you said before, err on the side of caution and come from a place of contribution, your utmost priority is their health, wellness, and safety. So even if you are a little bit more lenient, it is always a better idea to do more than do just the basic because you never know. There are customers that come in and act like everything's okay. Don't ask questions. Don't, you know, comment on certain things. And then they may go home, not communicate with you. Hey, I was uncomfortable that you approached this this way, or don't do this or do this. They may not communicate that with you. They may just write a review. Yeah. And then you have no, now you're behind. We, you always want to make sure that you're staying in front of the problem, even if it's a possible problem. So again, everything that Chad said, and it's not to put the fear of God into you. Like if you don't do this, you're going to have bad reviews, but referrals are a huge portion of marketing in our industry folks. So the last thing you need is for a friend or family member to be like, yeah, I feel great. Yada, 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 go out and be like, well, she didn't wear her mask and you know, it didn't smell good, whatever, whatever the situation is. But generally speaking, how are the clients? It's going to fluctuate folks. COVID is new. So there is no guarantee that you will have solid bookings week to week, month to month. You have to be able to expect cancellations on the fly because people might get COVID and test positive two hours before their appointment. So you need to have your budgeting skills might need to be a little bit on high alert and you might need to, you know, hold off on some purchases. It just depends on what your particular schedule is holding for you right now. So it's, you know, finances are a huge part of it. I'm always encouraging people to apply for the PPP loan funding grants, anything that's out there as just in case, because it is out there. But generally speaking, most therapists in, at least in my area that have started up have been at least at 75% capacity, which is great. 
I think right now is a great time to practice, put into real play those um, processes that you've been wanting to try out, right? Really, uh, you know, if, if one of the things that you wanted to really focus on with your clients was doing a better pre-session uh, assessment, right, where you are able to demonstrate at the end of your session an improvement. If that's one of the things you want to focus on, now is a great time to practice that because you're going to go a little bit above and beyond it. Right. You're going to work a little bit harder and you're going to be thinking about it. It's not something where it happens second nature. It's something you're going to be focused on and you can really start to get some feedback from your clients on it. I think right now people are definitely open if you ask them to giving true feedback on their experience. Right. And that's where uh, that's again, like you mentioned, that's where, you know, your foundation and retention, those five key behaviors, that six step process comes in hand, because if you haven't been doing that while you're scheduling fewer clients to maintain safe distance, ventilation, all your required guidelines from your state, you are, you have a little bit more time to take your time to incorporate those aspects to your business or improve them. If you haven't um, if you've been feeling like, man, I really stink at following up. Um, and you know, I, I hope, does that make sense the way I'm saying that? Because I know that's what I'm going through. Like I now have longer appointments in between my sessions and I'm realizing that I'm going to keep those longer recovery times attached onto my online booking because it has given me the time during my office day to do office things. So yeah. it's really, it's really helped me. I know a lot of people think, you know, oh, COVID, oh, COVID negative, but it's really been a positive influence on my business because it's required me to take that step back, go back to my foundation and retention goals and things that I need to do and really reassess them. I worked at a restaurant uh, 20 years ago as a server. And one of their rules was you were not allowed to have more than three tables. And anybody who's ever worked in the restaurant industry knows that the more tables that you take, the more money you have potentially to make, right? But they figured out on a formula that if you only take three people, you're going to be checking in with those tables more frequently. You're going to be ensuring that they have everything they need to deliver that exceptional experience. And they found tips actually go up just as equally as if you were to have taken six tables. So right. working working with half the amount of workload, but still making as much, if not more money, and most importantly, delivering a better experience for those customers. So yes, right. having that extra downtime, sure, you can fill it in with doing some uh, you know, additional work for the business, but if you are taking things on a little bit of a slower pace, it's just like with sports, you know, they run drills at half pace during practice so that they can see all the movements and get all of the steps down and know their counts perfectly. It's that practice before the actual game. And right now is a great time to be able to practice those processes and protocols. Right, right. So, you know, and a lot of this is just if you're not aware of what you should or should not be doing, go to your state guidelines, whatever your area is requiring, recommending, suggesting. Uh, I believe, you know, the FSMTB has a multi-page document suggesting cleaning protocols. Follow those and you can't go wrong. Some other additions, which help, and we talk about these in our foundation program, uh, signage, other things that will help set you apart 
keep the professional atmosphere and clear communication, post signs. If you have a website, put up a COVID-19 policies and procedure pop-up so that they know from the get-go visiting your website, what you do to keep them safe, have your COVID waiver. Those are all things that if you are not already incorporating, you should be. Um, and I think, do you have anything else to mention about COVID? It, it could be a, a whole topic in and of itself, but I think we've covered the bases of what you need, the basics of what you need and yeah. what you yeah. should expect. The last element was how to create ease and the secret sauce to creating ease is transparent communication. Right. That's exactly. That's all there is to it. I, when, when, I, when I go on these Facebook pages or groups and see the questions that people are asking, um, I applaud them because that's something that they were thinking about and they aren't quite sure. And they, you know, they had the guts to go out there to a group of 13,000 people that have right. so many different ideas and thoughts and mindsets and, you know, skew different ways and ask their questions. So having that open communication, erring on the side of transparency, I think that is the best way to create ease for your clients. Uh, because if they understand what to expect, then that eliminates the questions. Right. And side note, and we're not going to get into this, but it it is a suggestion for those of you that are working at salons, spas, or you know corporate facilities that are still sticking to a five to 10 minute recovery time in between sessions, you might want to consider having a conversation with the business owner. That is not enough time. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not enough time and it is happening. And there are therapists that are frustrated about it and don't have any other option because that's their job. They don't have a single business. So if you're feeling frustrated, like you don't have enough time in your schedule when you're working at those, please have the conversation with your manager. And that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> It's a hot topic right now, but it kind of connecting with COVID, we have a lot of people coming in that have runny noses and, you know, it's, it's, it's winter here in Pennsylvania. So I have a lot of runny noses, cold coming into a warm environment. And somebody asked any tips on helping sinuses when face down on the table? Cause we all know as LMTs, we tend to watch clients uh, drain. They get Kleenexes when the session's over and this is kind of part of something that you can add in that will help set you apart. Again, we're trying to work towards retaining those clients, building a, a, a unique session for them so that when they come see you for the first time or the 90th time, it's a part of their session. Eucalyptus essential oil is great. Uh, you can absolutely add this into your routine. Uh, what I do is I put one or two drops in my hands. I rub my hands together and I cup right directly under the face cradle. And again, I either have a barrier or they're wearing their mask and they can still smell through it. The other option is that you provide them with one or two drops after they have gotten dressed and they can put it in their own hands and cup their own face and smell it. And that will really help open up the sinuses. There are other respiratory blends. Eucalyptus is just something that is relatively affordable. And most clients really enjoy eucalyptus. So this is an interesting question because, you know, as a lot of folks know, I'm not a trained massage therapist. I'm on the marketing and business growth side. Um, so I get massage, but not 
out of understanding what's actually happening. Okay. Right? I enjoy the results, but I don't really know what they're doing to make it so phenomenal. So when I hop on the table and I'm face down, that is the most uncomfortable for me. Like I get so backed up and I get like, it's, it's tough for me. So when I, when we, when we, when we decided to answer this question, my mind went to when they're face down and they're getting backed up because of the pressure on them, what can we do there? And, you know, that's what I really want to know. What can I do as a client uh, when my face is in that face cradle to not, you know, have so much pressure in that sinus area to where it's, you know, when I roll over, I can't breathe out of my nose. One is to make sure is to really be aware of when you put your face in that cradle, where are you feeling sore spots? So if it's, you know, if it's below your eyes, basically anywhere on the face, you can consider asking the therapist to adjust the face cradle because most face cradles now, uh, they don't just sit flat and go up and down. They can tilt forward. They can tilt back. And sometimes with that tilt, it can relieve pressure in wherever you're feeling sinus issues, uh, that, that can certainly help. Uh, um, and a lot of it is just, I mean, that's the communication aspect, client communication. So you want to encourage when you flip clients over, is that face rest comfortable for you? Okay, great. Let yeah. me know if it needs adjusted at any time. So to come in at this question from a retention point of view, because we're talking about what you can do to have you help you stand out beyond others and retain your clients. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is to have that communication between the client and the therapist, but I kind of want to put, maybe, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this, but I kind of want to put the, I, I kind of want to put the responsibility on the therapist to explain how it should feel in a comfortable way. And that if it isn't, then the client is able to request that adjustment, right? Because I, I can tell you out of the hundreds of therapists that I've gotten massage from, a handful, not even 10 of them asked about the face cradle comfort. It just yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't happen. It's not, I don't know if no, it's not because part of training. I don't know if it's something that it's so small in the training that it's forgotten about because there's so much to it, but I, I can tell you, it's always a lot of pressure. I'm never comfortable when I'm face down. And I really wish there was a universal solution for that. There, well, and the problem is, is that there isn't, um, it is part of the training and schooling to make like, you know, adjust the face cradle. I, I don't really know where that comes from. It could just be that it's such a minor thing that we don't think to ask unless we see somebody get on the table and their neck is visibly crunched up. Then we're, then we might ask, Hey, uh, your neck's a little crunched up. Are you comfortable? Um, and some clients just think that you're doing what you're supposed to do and they don't have the right to ask for adjustments. Um, sure, and that's, that's fair. So if, if I'm, if, if I, as a client think this is just the way it is, you as a therapist have an opportunity to create something different, a more positive experience right. and now win me as a client for life. So that's kind of the point that I'm getting to is that this is a issue for clients. And if you decide to add this one small little fix in your business, that client that thinks that it's regular, but now has had an exceptional experience, um, you can win them for life off of making that one small change. You don't need to go and take a $500 class and add that tool to, a, to your tool belt. 
focus on your processes in your businesses to deliver that exceptional experience. And I think you can win a lot of clients with the tools that you already have. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And that is part of, I mean, that's part of our foundation retention and growth program. I mean, we talk about our six-step client process, the greet, the pre-assessment, the session itself. This is one of those things that you want to include in the session itself. It's not just about what you're doing with your hands. It's also about your verbal communication. So you want to get in the habit of when they flip over, regardless of how long you've been seeing them, is this face rest comfortable? Does it need adjusted? That is, and you're right, it is an issue. And that's the best solution that we have that is universal is to just ask. Um, that's the best I, that's the best we're I got. That's the best I got for that. To, we're starting a hashtag, normalize communication. How about that? <laughs> I love it. I'll start it. I'll All put right. it in because that's great. Um, All right. All right. I think, I think I beat that one to death. So let's jump that's to the okay. next question. Uh, let's see. Um, this is pretty simple. Can massage sessions be, uh, let's, I'm going <laughs> to, oh my God. Bleep, 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 bleep. Right. I'm laughing at this folks, because this is literally <laughs> the word, the phrase that I we... screw up on all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always screwing up on this. Can massage sessions be too frequent? They, it depends. Uh, this is solely reliant on your intake. Again, another foundation thing. Um, they can and they can't. It just depends. Uh, twice weekly for a 90 minute, maybe if they're not an avid like workout, if they're not training for something, the best way to answer this question is to check in with the client and do your follow-up procedure and tell them to keep track of what they're experiencing because you as the therapist are going to be able to read symptoms. Okay. Hey, I think your body's actually not allowing you to reach peak performance because you're receiving too much relaxation massage, whatever the reason is. A good rule of thumb is biweekly basis is perfect for just about anybody. Some people, I have some clients that see me weekly. Again, there's not, this could be a whole topic in and of itself, but you want to make sure that you're doing a proper intake, understanding how they use their body and following up with them after each session and adjusting when necessary. Yeah. Part of our six-step process includes before the session and after the session, right? And that's not just for the client to prove. I mean, that, that is a big part of it, but it's also for you to understand how, how effective you've been and whether they should be coming back in a week, in two weeks, in a month, right? You've established a, um, you've established what, how much you can get done within that session and what you're doing right uh, with that demonstration. So yeah, that six-step process is both for the client as well as for you. And if you find that they are going to need more uh, because, you know, once every other week just isn't enough or once a month just isn't enough, those post-assessment post-session assessments are really going to give you an idea. Right. And to back that up, you're, you should be following up two to three days maximum after their session to see how they're feeling. Another part of the six step client process. So any other comments on those questions before we take a break, Chad? 
No, I think, uh, I think that was really, I love those questions. I mean, it's, I wasn't really sure what to expect with this Q&A session, but these are phenomenal questions. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Several of these could definitely go into much deeper and longer conversations. Um, but yeah, let's try and get to, let's try and get to a few more. Um, yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at some more questions that we have lined up for you guys. Catch you in a bit. Welcome back to Let's Talk Sheets, MCA Q&A episode. Ooh, okay, like right? I know. We're going to, I think we're going to stick with that. Okay, so let's let's jump into some more questions, Chad. This might be a big one, so we're going to try to keep this one as simple as possible, but it's been popping up a lot. The idea of marketing, where do I market? What works best? And we all know that we should have a Google listing, right? But there's also Google ads. Um, how... Do we use ads to our benefit? Should we use them? And just a general sense of how do you increase Google search results? Oh, this is a good one. I can I can see the wheels turning. What I'm trying to do is figure out how to summarize this in like three minutes. <laughs> um, so yes, you're right. First thing you need to do is go to Google My Business, get your listing registered, right? Whether you do mobile massage, whether you have a brick and mortar, Google will allow you to register your business either way. So that's the first thing that you need to do. Once you have your Google My Business, then you can connect that to your Google Ads account, which means your listing, your website, your phone number, and your ads all resonate off each other. They all, you know, layer on top of each other to help gain you organic exposure. And then when you throw the ads on top of there, which, you know, the difference is organic is when you search when it, and something shows up organically versus paid where it has that ad next to it. Now, when you get into your ads, um, you are able to folk, you are able to funnel people to the right place at the right time, right? You set up your ads in a way where you get in front of the proper ideal client based off of your buyer personas. And there's a whole marketing thing. There's a whole marketing 101, 102 that needs, there's a lot to it. So I, my suggestion is do not just start doing ads. Um, if you don't have a robust website that ranks 90% or higher on Google and has information that's constantly changing, if you don't have that foundation for people to go to, you're kind of throwing money out the window. If you don't okay. understand your buyer personas, who you're actually targeting, you're just throwing money out the window. And I, th and I think that's super sufficient that you went into, yes, if you have all of this established, then absolutely go to Google and create an ad. But if you don't, don't just slam something up there and then complain when it doesn't work. I have clients come to me all the time. They say, hey, I want to run an ad for this. And the first thing I do is assess their website. Uh, run it through Google to check on how it ranks. And I do not run ads for clients unless their website ranks 90% or higher. 
Okay. Just, okay. I just do not. And we're not talking about the ranking nine, you know, top 10%. We're talking about how well it performs. Does it load quickly? Is it mobile friendly? Are the buttons spaced out in a way where it's thumb friendly? That's a big deal to Google, right? That mobile experience is imperative. Google will knock you on ranking if your website isn't how they want it to be. Right. right. And when you get into things like Wix and Weebly and WordPress, the way they're coded is not designed for Google search. They do not rank as well organically as some of the other options. And so, and some of that stuff you have control over, some of that stuff you don't um, you obviously do the best you can. But like I said, I have clients come to me and if they do not rank, uh, if they don't have that credible and solid foundation for their website, if they aren't answering questions people are asking on Google, I will not let them spend money on it. There are other things that need to be put in place first before I allow them to spend money on something. Awesome. That I think that's I think that's a good enough answer for these questions because the general the general layout is, you know, is Google effective? And yeah, it is when used appropriately. So I think I don't have any questions based off that. That might be a future podcast topic, a future course that we lay out because Google is a huge part of the industry and advertising and marketing. So thank you. That was, that's awesome. Um, again, we're going to kind of fall back on, you know, foundation items here. I love this comment and question because it is such a simple one to solve. I had three no-shows and I'm tired of it. And does anyone have a no-show policy form they would like to share? There's a couple different things you can do. Possibilities of what you can do are to have an actual fee. Now you do, there is some, the jury is still out on whether or not certain states allow a fee for services not rendered. Meaning if you're charging full session price for a service that they scheduled but did not show up for, you might actually not be able to legally charge them that price. But a fee that is lower, such as $25, $50, $70, can be. So check with your state to make sure that you can legally charge a fee. Number two, a lot of this just has to deal with how you set up everything before they walk in the door. Do you have your waiver on your intake form and is your intake take form being sent to them online before their appointment. Do you have a cancellation policy listed on your website? Do you have a cancellation policy listed on the confirmation email? These are all things that are items that decrease cancellation and no-show. Third, another popular option is to check mark the box on your online booking settings that says require prepayment for new clients or require prepayment for all clients. If you're doing it yourself and you're using Square or Stripe, you can obviously call them and ask them for their credit card information over the phone at to hold in your system for the event of cancellations, fees, so on and so forth. Did everything that I just said there make sense? Because I feel like it just came out like, Wah. you know, it made sense to me. And I okay. brought up some really good points for sure. So for me on the business side, uh, okay, I'm going to give you an example. So I did have a client, uh, this was years ago, who was having this similar issue. They were having issues with people no showing. 
And we did an assessment on the business. We took a look at um, everything from their website to the emails that they send out to their booking software. And what we found was that the booking software that they were using was um, not a high reputation booking software. And a lot of people were marking it as spam, those emails. And what happened was anybody who was receiving them on Gmail, the algorithm was actually marking them as spam. So the clients were booking online, but not actually getting the follow-up notification. So they did it, but we're so dependent on technology that we kind of want that invite to just go into our phone and it's done, right? It reminds me a half hour before I hop in the car and go. I don't really right. think about it after I've booked it. So that's also the main reason why I enjoy massage book because they give me the option to send a text message reminder two days beforehand. Again, another step that it's just, you want this constant communication for reminders so that you, when you charge them a fee, you can look at them and say, well, you received this confirmation email, this reminder email, and this text message. Right. So what we uncovered was, was twofold. One, they were using a software that wasn't to their benefit. But the other thing that we uncovered was that they were not um, as diligent as they should have been to uncover why no-shows were happening. Right. Right. They, they, if, if you have a no-show, reach out to that person to find out what's up. Right. Figure, figure out what's going on because I have a feeling that that is a controllable. That's something that you may be able to put something in place and resolve that issue. I highly doubt that you've just sampled a bunch of people who just choose not to show up to their appointments. I think right. there's something else in place and the chances are we're able to make a change or a shift and control that to reduce those no-shows. So look at your processes, look at how you know your systems are working and make sure um, that, you know, you're, you're communicating with your, with your clients, especially with no shows, because you know what, if I no showed and somebody called me and said, Hey, I just want to check and make sure everything was all right. You know, you were scheduled for Tuesday, but I didn't see you. Um, I would feel good for first. I'd probably feel bad for not showing up. Um, uh, but right. I would feel good that they cared enough to reach out to me to find out what's going on. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do. I mean, I, I rarely ever have it happen. If I have had a no show, it's, uh, it's usually a new client. I would say in the past 365 days, it might've happened once. Um, but when a client is either late or not showing for their appointment, I always, usually my first text message to them is, Hey, I had you on the schedule today for 6 30 PM. You're not here. I'm just checking in to make sure everything is okay. Instead of, Hey, you're not here. You're going to get feed. You know, it's, it's about right. how you address it. And what I'm noticing with all of these questions that we have answered today is that there is a common theme of communication here. Yeah. Communicate with vision impaired, communicate with your clients about your COVID policies and procedures, communicate with sinus issues. It's all, it's all a part of communication, which is a huge foundation item. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these are all things that can definitely be fixed. And, and it's a matter of just taking a look at your systems, your policies, your processes, and really fine tuning those with the idea of deliver that exceptional experience. Um, so do we have any more questions? I think that was it, right? 
Uh, we do have one more. Awesome. Um, it's okay. it's a sim it's a simple one. It has nothing to do with communication, but I feel like it's a good one to approach considering that we're only three months into the year. This is something that you can start to incorporate if you don't already. The question was, how do you deal with burnout? Well, you have to assess where the burnout's coming from. Is it because your schedule is not working for you? Is it because you're seeing too many clients a day? Is it because you're working too many days, too many hours? Is it because you're not taking care of yourself in your off time or your spare time? These are all questions that you need to ask and more. There's more out there. But a couple steps that you can do to avoid even getting to that point is one, have a great time management schedule. You know, iron out when your day is, when your day for you is. And two, make sure that you're actually getting body work or other therapeutic work done on yourself on a consistent basis. You know, anything from acupuncture to energy work to float tanks to massage, you know, ding, 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 massage, who to thunk. And make sure that you're taking the time out for yourself to rest and relax and get adequate sleep. All those health and wellness things that are generally a great idea for anybody, not just massage therapists to do. I don't really have anything else to add except go to last week's uh, podcast and listen to that because that was all about time management. Yes, it That's was. We were talking about time management. There's some really good stuff in there. And yes, most burnout, uh, definitely, you know, if you're talking about burnout as far as like from a physical uh, point of view, um, the obvious solution there is look at how many sessions you're doing and your body's capabilities. But if you're talking about burnout where you're getting four hours of sleep and you're, uh, you know, you, sometimes you just have to look at what you're spending your time on and then prioritize appropriately. Um, I've mentioned it in past, you know, podcasts, I have time set aside for myself every single day. That is just for me. It's time where I'm not working. It's time where I'm not looking at emails. It's time where I'm not watching TV or playing video games or whatever it is, right? It's just time for me. And I have scheduled that time because it's healthy for me to have a hard stop on everything else. It's easy right. to get carried away with the business side of things. Um, don't forget to make time for yourself. And it's also important that if you are right now, if you're at that point where you physically wake up and you're like, I don't even want to go to work today. I don't want to work on one body. You may need to reschedule some clients and take a long three day rest and relax and kind of reboot yourself. And it is okay to do that because you got a way. I always think of the old fashioned, like Greek scale is it more important that your clients receive crappy body work or is it more important that you take care of yourself so that you can give your clients the most exceptional experience ever at your office? And that's kind of where we're at because a lot of therapists are like, no, I have these clients. I don't have anywhere to put them. Sometimes you have to make those hard decisions of, you know what? I'm supposed to work on Thursday. I'm I'm going to have to reschedule those clients cuz I can't take it. I can't do it. And it's okay. It's okay to do that. Inevitably it's for the greater good. You right. know, they're going to benefit in the end because you're refreshed, you're renewed, you are capable of delivering exactly what it is that you uh have promised them. Cool. And that's all the questions that I have, but why don't Chad, why don't you tell them what we're talking about next week? 
next week. So the title next week is Sinking Your Sales. And Sinking Your Sales is an interesting topic because we're going to be... We're going to be talking to those folks who are still doing pen and paper, and there's nothing wrong with pen and paper. I still do pen and paper, but I utilize technology to help streamline a lot of functions that I have with my business. So if there's something that I can automate, if there's a task that I do regularly, I want to try and find a way to automate that with technology, right. you know, whether it is sending out an invoice every 30 days for my clients, whether it's automatically collecting, whether it's when somebody books time with me, scheduling that Zoom meeting and them getting the link and me getting the link and blocking it off my calendar. All these things can be done in an automatic way, which opens up time for you to focus on the things that you really should be focusing on. So Next week, we're going to talk about syncing your sales. We're going to be talking about a couple of really cool programs. One of them is Airtables. One of them is Zapier. Um, and, you know, we really want to help you automate the stuff that you can so you can focus on the growth side of your business and not get stuck working in your business on those logistical items. Cool. I'm super, I'm super excited because we all know that I'm a huge fan of Airtable. <laughs> I, I love it. So table is phenomenal. I've been using, we're going to talk about Zapier. Zapier is uh, something I've been using for years. I, I know you introduced it to me and I was like mind blown. Yeah. I mean, guys, imagine, imagine the ability to take every single email that comes to your inbox and putting it in a spreadsheet so that you have an archive without having to sift through stuff or, you know, if uh, somebody goes to your website and fills out your form, not only does it send you the email with the form details, but it also sends you a text message, right? Zapier is amazing for automating things. So next week, that's what we're going to be talking about. Cool. Tune in next week, guys, for syncing your sales. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Talk Sheets. Have a great week. <laughs>